We just trying to catch a good time Even if it takes all night Pass that bottle around the campfire Sipping apple pie moonshine Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode 30. 30 and flirty and fun and all the vibes of For the Love of the yes. Game podcast. How exciting. <laughs> 30 episodes. I mean, it's a long season, so it makes sense. We're at 30 already, but like, oh, Melanta. 30 mm-hmm. episodes. It's Omaha time. We just finished regional weekends which we're gonna go over with you guys today talk about who are teams moving on to Omaha and all that fun stuff so how are you feeling Paige before we recap everything how are you feeling after this weekend I'm feeling good yes. because I just had so much fun I obviously you know I don't, I don't know if people listening know I obviously you know went grew up in Corvallis so was going to regionals and super regionals all the time and then not being able to do that the last couple years because I haven't lived in Corvallis really sucked. So then this yeah. weekend, getting to go to College Station, like, filled up my whole bucket. And I was I so bet. So, I bet. And it looked good. so fun, too. It looked so fun. It was so fun. It was so, so fun. It I love so it. Fun. Well, I had to miss them, unfortunately. My little sister's graduation. But I did watch the Beavs. Um, We'll get to what happened there. In a little bit, but let's start off with <laughs> Tennessee. Um, the Knoxville Super Regional. Tennessee hosted Notre Dame this past weekend. Friday night, Notre Dame shocked the country though when they took the game eight to six. So crazy. I think they came out strong. Obviously, it was a close game, but they like battled that whole game, won that one eight to six. Um Fun fact Paige put in here is 20 years to the day was the last time Notre Dame, Notre Dame beat the number one team in the country. So good for them. Props to them. The Irish hit four home runs in the win and got on the board early. Um, I think that's what Notre Dame honestly just had to do. They had to come out strong. And I feel like they were like, we have nothing to lose. We're playing the number one team in the country. We're going to come out and just like get after it. Yeah. And that's exactly what they did. So, um, also though, this game, (laughs) uh, let's see here. The four home runs is the most home runs for the volunteers given up in a game this season. So crazy. Blade Tidwell started for Tennessee, only made it three innings. This was also the game. If y'all were watching, Drew Gilbert got ejected for, excuse my language. You guys have all heard it here before though, telling the umpire he was fucking horrible and the pitch call was fucking unbelievable. And I love that you put in here, Paige. It's like, oh yeah, also the pitching coach got ejected. You cannot argue balls and strikes, ladies and gents. And here's the thing. It was funny when I was watching the game, the commentators were like, oh, I get it. Like, he's allowed to be mad. Like, everybody's going to get ejected if if you can't call a ball, if you can't argue balls and strikes. I was like, a no, a no. It's a clear role. And also, you cannot say what he said. Like, it wasn't like he just turned, oh, wrong call. No, no. No, so. literally. I was, like, in shock. Yeah. And I was at the A&M game. But, so I didn't really see it, but when I watched the replays of it, I was like, you can't cuss on an umpire like that. No. Like, I mean, coaches do it, and they get ejected. And to be a player yeah. and do it, I was yeah. like, what is going on, sis? And did you know, my mom told me, she found out the other day, 
at like the tailgate that she goes to mm-hmm. before the Oregon State game. He was yep. originally supposed to come to Oregon State. Really? That's, I mean, I don't know if that's true. I can't say for facts, but she said she heard that that person was originally like thinking about going to Oregon State. I was like, what the heck? I just I don't wonder, think that like. No, I think it wouldn't have been a great uh, character fit. A good match for the team. <laughs> Not to be rude, but I think even Paige mentioned the other week, Tennessee is kind of cocky. I mean, they're the number one team in the nation. Obviously, you know, that's that's the way that they do things. But even the way that he stood and, like, stared at the umpire afterwards as, like, Tony Vitello came out, I was like, bro, you know you're in the wrong. Like, why is your mouth yeah. jaw to the floor, like, so shocked that you're being ejected? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah, you can't cuss yeah. out an umpire. Yeah, I no. was just shocked. I mean, it's the cussing at the umpires. It's, like, flipping people off when you're rounding the bases. It's all of it that yeah. Tennessee did that I was like, y'all cannot do this. You're such a good program, no. and you're making yourself not look classy at exactly. all. Exactly. Exactly. So. Yeah. So, not a great first game for Tennessee. They did come back, though, Saturday to avoid elimination to four. Tennessee played, I love that you put this, Uno reverse, <laughs> baby, on Notre Dame, and they put up four home runs on Saturday as well. So, Chase Dolander was able to go seven innings, giving up just five hits for Tennessee. Notre Dame started Michael Bertrand, and he went four and two-thirds, giving up eight hits. Unfortunately, six of the 12 volunteer runs. So, about that one, Paige? Good for Tennessee to come back, you know. Yeah, I feel like they definitely win. played that Uno reverse. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they did, like, exactly what Notre Dame did the day before. So, yeah. I mean, definitely good for them to come back and get that second win because they're Tennessee. They needed it to stay alive. But also, I'm like, you're the number one team in the country. You cannot go exactly. out in two games and be like, okay, deceased. So. No, exactly. I was like, no, you all need to win that game. <laughs> and I figured Sunday they would come back and do the same thing. But like I said, Notre Dame is weirdly, like, these past few weeks, end of the season, not a team to mess with. So mm-hmm. Sunday – down went number one, baby. They lost seven to three to Notre Dame. Notre Dame was actually down three to one in the seventh inning when David Lamana tied the game up for Notre Dame with a two-run home run. Lots of home runs, obviously, in this series. This was followed by a Jack Brannigan home run to give the Irish a four to three lead. They continued to put up the runs from there, and Notre Dame is going to Omaha for the first time since 2002. So 20 years. Good for them. Crazy. That's so crazy. 20 years. Yeah. I know, it's crazy. You know, they had to eliminate the number one team to get there, which is even more impressive. So Mm -hmm. we'll see how they they do when they get to TD Ameritrade, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch their story. It will be. Notre Dame going forward, that's definitely going to be a team. I I mean, obviously, we got to watch all these teams. But Notre Dame is one that I'll be very excited to keep watching. Um, our number two host, Stanford, hosted UConn this weekend. All of these series, I mean, not all of them, but the ones that I was, like, invested in were all kind of close. So, Saturday, UConn took game one in a high-scoring 13-12 to game. Obviously, tons of offense in this game. UConn got up early with a big second inning in which they scored eight flipping runs. Stanford hit, hit eight home runs in the game, four of which came in the bottom of the ninth. Which, why did they mess with you like that when you're like, oh my gosh, it's the ninth inning, we're rallying, holy shit, we're scoping four home runs. Still wasn't enough for the win, though. <laughs> so, so yeah, they lost 13-12, to UConn took that one. Um, what are your mm-hmm. thoughts on this Stanford U? 
series page. I feel like after watching Stanford this weekend and last weekend, if you want to beat Stanford, because they'll just like casually hit three home runs in a row Literally. off you and be like, it's cool, and they'll yeah. win. So I feel like if you want to beat Stanford, you have to get up big on Stanford, which is what UConn did in this first game. They had a humongous inning, and that's why they were able to get the win. Um, Absolutely. Because you can't just beat Stanford with a two-run lead. Like, they will come no. back and absolutely destroy you. Which Literally. Sucks, literally. They will. So, good for UConn, though, too, because I was a bit surprised that they were still, like, hanging on. They're in the Supers. Not to be, you know. But I just never really saw as UConn as a competitive team this whole me, year, you know? Me either. And I was, I mean, also looking at this, I was like, okay, is Stanford having a little bit of struggles with their, like, ace pitcher? I don't know yeah. if he's the one who pitched when they lost to Texas State. But I'm like, they dropped a game in regionals. They've dropped a game now in super regionals. Like, what's happening here for that to that to be a thing? So Exactly. I don't know. Definitely. Well, Sunday, did come, they did come back. Stanford on Sunday took game two with an 8-2 to two win. Stanford started... The scoring early with two in the first and six in the second. So they came up very hot. Um, UConn really just couldn't come back from that. I mean, obviously, when you get eight runs up on a team, everybody's feeling yeah. a little bit down. Uh, so, But UConn did score one in the first, one in the second, and then neither team scored again from there. So UConn's Austin Peterson got just his third loss of the season after allowing seven earned runs, and Stanford started Ty Uber who only made it two-thirds of an inning with 22 pitches. So, yeah. tied up yeah. that series. Um, good for Stanford coming out hot. <laughs> now, this is one, though, that, unlike Tennessee, Stanford was able to get the job done. Monday, UConn got an early jump on Stanford, putting up three runs in the top of the first. Stanford did come back, though, with two runs in the bottom of the inning. Um, big inning in the fourth for them when they put up six runs. Big thanks to by a home run from Tommy Troy. So Stanford ended that game taking it 10 to 5. And I did watch this one yesterday, right before the Beave one. And I was very hopeful that Stanford's winning energy was going to go to the Beaves. Um, which we'll get to that. I always get ahead of myself. But Stanford is moving on. So go Pac 12. They're going to Omaha. <laughs> I think that, like, yeah, that grand slam you said by Cody Huff followed by the home run by Tommy Troy is just exactly what Stanford does, and it's yep. so draining for the other teams. Really you, you have your momentum, you're doing something, and then they just do that, and there's no, like, that's five it's, runs right there. Like, ugh. <laughs> really? Oh, uh, it's so terrible. I just, Yeah. So yeah, cool. they're good, though. I really think they're going to be a big threat in Omaha. Um, mm -hmm. however, I don't really want them to be, I, like I said last time, I hope someone stomps on their face, but exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot. I always, they beat your Texas state. Okay. So yeah. yeah. And also I will say Texas state was great competition. I'm not hating on them. And UConn did put up a fight this weekend, but I will say, I want to see Stanford compete in Omaha. I want to see them play, you know, mm -hmm. some different competition. So yeah, we'll see all all good stuff. Um, moving on to number three, Oregon State. They played number 14, Auburn, in Corvallis this weekend. Saturday, Auburn did take the first game 7-5. to five. The Beavs didn't start Cooper Jerpy. He was not feeling well, so Jake Finnings started. The Beavs also used Townsend. 
Herb Carpenter and Lattery to try to get the win, but they just couldn't do it. Auburn also used five pitchers with their starter being Trace Bright. Um, offensively, I mean, the Beavs looked good. Auburn looked good. You just couldn't, they just couldn't really do it. I mean, we had some good offense. Obviously, mm -hmm. Sonny Deshara, we'll see he put up numbers, especially yesterday. But, yeah, they just couldn't get it done. Seven to five. The Beavs did not come out hot, and Auburn did. So Yeah, sad. That was a sad. And it sucks to not start Cooper. I mean, obviously he was sick, yes. and obviously he felt better the next day. But it just sucks to – you're out of rhythm then. Yeah. However, the pitching – our pitching did look good. It, we didn't look – Terrible. Um, yeah. Even though we lost, like, I know we gave up seven runs, but I don't think it looked bad. I thought it was decent. Uh, I think so, too. And I will say this might be a hot take, and I'm not hating on Jake Finnings, but I will say it feels like recently, I mean, I know he didn't play the whole season. Things have just kind of been off for him. But recently it was like I expected a little bit more out of him. And so, yes, I was like, oh, darn it, we don't get to start Cooper today. I just feel like we would have come out a little hotter. But – it's okay. Speaking of the Fennings, my dad was with them on Friday night, uh -huh. and I was like, oh, I love them. And he sent, like, a little selfie of him with the Fennings, and I sent one uh -huh. of the picture that we took with the Fennings in Palo Alto. <laughs> back yes. I was like, tell the Fennings that Mac and I miss them. So, yes. Love oh, my Lanta. <laughs> I know. Paige and I had a little too much fun with them. They're a great time. They're a great time. All right. Well, not Saturday, Sunday. I forget because we started on Saturday. The Beavs did come back and took game two. They beat Auburn 4-3. to three. Was able to start this game. Setting the season strikeout record with his 160th in the game. At the play, Oregon State got on the board first with Jacob Melton's 17th home run, which also tied the OSU single-season RBI record at 83. Bazana also hit a home run, his sixth home run of the season, in the fourth as well. Auburn then tied it up 2-2 two to two in the bottom of the inning, though. So, kind of tight game the whole time. Next run came across the plate when Little Gret scored off a Boyd bunt. Love to see it. Up 3-2, to two, the Beavs added on another run off of Jake Ducart's single bump, single to bump their lead up 4-2 to two in the sixth. And then, Auburn did answer back, though, with a run in the bottom of the um, that's as far as they got, and the Beavs took that one, four to two, or not four to two, four to three. So yeah. momentum, feeling good after Saturday, not Saturday, Sunday. We're like, we're gonna go into Monday strong. Um, yeah, how yeah, are you feeling stoked. after that one? After that one, I felt good. I was like, Same. we have potential <laughs> to win tomorrow. I was like, we can do this. We can do this. I know. Same. Same I was hope. really hopeful, and in the I will say, like, my sister was graduating and I was going and doing things, so I was trying to just be like, okay, good, we got this, let's win, I don't have to pay attention. Also, mm -hmm. I'm sure Paige is in the same boat. It's, like, really stressful, okay? And oh, yeah. I try not to be superstitious because it's, like, whatever, but I'm like, should I watch? Like, does that help exactly. them? Should I turn the TV on? <laughs> like, what do I need to do? What do yeah. I need to do? No, so, I feel that. Yeah. And that's why then moving on to Monday's game, last night's game, I definitely did that. I didn't watch the first few innings. I just looked on my phone. Then I watched the middle part, and then I was like, oh, gosh, should I turn it off? 
<laughs> Basically, uh, end of the story is Auburn did take the third game four to three. They will be advancing to Omaha. Sonny Deshars, two run homer, put Auburn up first. Beavs did out hit Auburn, but they just couldn't come through with the bats when it was needed, when we had people on base to bring them home. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I, I feel like I saw that they went 0-10 with runners in scoring position or something like that. Yeah, yeah. See, and I meant to look up, like, the exact numbers, too, because it was something like that. And I was just like, ugh. It's just, it's hard to watch. It's very hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah, And they were pulling through, and, like, we definitely – people are tired. But it is what it is. And to win a college world – The Beavs, I think, put out a good effort. They had a great season, but they just will not be continuing on. Auburn will. So it sucks. I mean, I can't even remember. Have we? Is this the first time we've lost a super regional at home? Because I can't remember a time we've lost. I mean, we've lost regionals at home for sure. Yes. <laughs> but I don't know that we've ever lost a super regional at home. I'm wondering the same thing because, yeah, definitely, like you said, we've lost regionals. But as long as we've gotten through the regional and got to the supers, I'm pretty sure we've always advanced to Omaha mm -hmm. at home. So I'm that's a good question. Yeah, I feel like supers have always been one of our things that we can kind of, like, breeze through. Exactly. Um, regionals is what always gets Oregon State, and this yeah. year is a little different. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so Paige and I are probably going to sulk for a little bit, but – it's okay. We have great teams going, and we still have more baseball ahead, so mm -hmm. it's all good. Yeah. 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 Um, number four, Virginia Tech. They hosted Oklahoma this weekend. Friday, Oklahoma took game one, five to four. Another close-scoring games. Another close-scoring game. Jake Bennett got his ninth win of the season for Oklahoma. He had eight strikeouts and only allowed one run. The Sooners were up five to zero until the bottom of the sixth when Virginia Tech added on two runs. Tech added on two more in the bottom of the seventh, but both offenses slowed down, and those were the last runs of the game. So Oklahoma took that one, five to four, which I was kind of invested in this series. Did you watch these <laughs> games at all, Paige? I did because I'm vibing with Oklahoma right now. Same. <laughs> Me too. Because usually I would not turn on that game. I'm not going to lie. I'm yeah. Like, no, I don't no, really no. care. But yeah, Oklahoma is freaking on a roll, dude. They are red hot right now. They're doing something. So, They're yeah. doing it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So I was excited for that win. Did come back. They won big, fourteen to eight. Virginia Tech had some big innings. Um, they put up four runs in the third and fifth, and then three in the sixth. Oklahoma tried to get a little comeback going when they scored three in the eighth, but just wasn't enough. So Virginia Tech tied up the series right there. Mm -hmm. Sunday, though. Oklahoma took off against Virginia Tech. They won 11-2, to which I was so excited about. Me I knew too. they would. I wasn't really worried about it because, you know, it's not like – but they did phenomenal. So Virginia Tech scored their two runs uh, both in the third to have a 2-2 two -to -two tied game, but that was the only runs for um, Virginia Tech in the whole game. So Oklahoma really took off after that. They scored in every inning following – Tanner Tradaway had two home runs for Oklahoma. Peyton Graham, Ken, and Jackson Nicklaus? Nicholas. Nicholas. Like, okay. It's Jack Nicholas's like nephew or something. Like the golfer. Oh, really? Yeah. Love that. There's some family um, there. Might not love be nephew. That. Mm -hmm. Love to see it. Um, yeah, they all did it phenomenal too. So 
go Oklahoma. Like Paige and I said, we both obviously were like, Oklahoma's on to something. After they won their Big 12 conference title, they've just been on a roll. So I'm excited to see them play in Omaha. I think they're going to be great. They're going to be competitive. Yeah. 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 I'm really excited to watch Oklahoma. I'm a little, like, I don't know. I'm excited to watch Oklahoma. I think they'll be good. Yeah. Same. Yeah. All right. Well, moving down here to Texas, uh, number five, Texas A&M hosted number 12, Louisville in College Station Friday night. The game started at 730 and went until 1220. It was oh almost my. a five hour game. It was so long, a very long game Friday. It was a battle until the very A&M did take that game five to four. Um, A&M started Nathan Detmer, who's been their starter all year, but I feel like hasn't been as hot lately as he was in the beginning of the year. So that was a, like, it's been a little iffy, weird. Um, Jared Poland started on the mound for Louisville. Aggie pitching was just much more efficient on Friday night than Louisville's. The Aggies only used three pitchers. Louisville used um, six. And then... Louisville had 70 more pitches than AM. I wanted to say that AM had like 170, oh, wow. 160, and they threw like 225. Something crazy. It was a big, big difference there. So Aggie pitching was just much more effective. But Louisville was actually up four to two until the seventh when Jordan Thompson knocked in two runs for AM to make it four to four. And then in the bottom of the ninth, the Aggies had the bases loaded and two outs with Troy Clonch up. And he hit a line drive to right field to drive in the winning run. The excitement levels through the roof. Through the roof. I love it. And I love that Troy Clonch is obviously making such a huge impact at A&M this year, too. Yeah. So I just, I love to see it. I love to I see know. it. I know. I was stoked because I was like, I'm here at this A&M game. Yay. And I'm watching a fellow Oregon State alum win the yeah. game for them. So I was like, the vibes and are immaculate. shoot. I mean, you literally stayed at that game till 1230 then. Yeah. Oh, I was pissed because I wanted to go out. I was like, Northgate <laughs> is calling my name. I want to go out. And the game just kept going kept and going and going. going. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, and, you know, they stopped serving adult oh, beverage, yeah. beverages at the seven and a half. And I was like, why are we stopping serving beverages in the seventh <laughs> inning Literally. when every inning is taking so long? <laughs> so. No, that's just unfair. That's just rude. They should have made an exception. <laughs> really but i did make True. it out i did make it out i was oh good good and you forget you forget that when you're in a college town how much walking you have to do and how much walking yeah. you just do when you're in college to get from like one place to another because we yeah. walked from the stadium to the bars which is across campus but you're like oh my gosh people used to do yeah. this on the regular like i used to do yeah. that in corvallis on the regular like, oh Dude, hike. the amount that we used to walk in Corvallis, but it was just so normal. I mean, exactly. it was decently close to the bars, but not really. Not really. We still checked there. So, yeah. No. Yeah. No. I woke up on Saturday morning and I was like, my rings are already halfway closed. Like, my exercise <laughs> ring was closed. Ring was halfway. I've already walked like three miles. I was like, okay. Like, that's perfect. A little Great. jump start Great. on the day. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. But then on Saturday, the Aggies took a game two and another close one to send them to Omaha. They were the first team to secure their spot in Omaha. Micah Dallas started the game for A&M and he um, had a little bit of a rough start, but he's really been so good for A&M lately. He 
uh, got the pitcher. I don't know. He did something I think was a pitcher on the all regional team last weekend. So he's really been doing things for AM, but did allow two runs in the first inning. Come the sixth inning, AM was down three to two, and a home run from Ryan Charjax tied the game. In the seventh inning, the Aggies took their first lead of the game thanks to a Dylan Rock sack fly that scored Trevor Werner to make it 4-3. to three. And effective pitching by both teams um, in the last two innings kept the score at 4-3. to three. So, the Aggies are Omaha bound. First yes, team. and I was so excited that they were the first team to punch their ticket to Omaha. I mean, obviously. I mean, if we don't talk about Texas A&M enough, my Lanta. So, yeah, I was very excited. <laughs> Plain and simple, I was like... Go Aggies! Here we go. Paige was there. It was so fun. Yeah, and I've been to a game in College Station before, but it was just a casual like preseason game against like New Mexico or something a couple years ago. Yeah, going to this was such an experience. Like Goss gets loud. Goss gets really loud, but. Holy moly. <laughs> I was yeah. like, it is so loud in here. They will harass the other pitcher like oh. no other. <laughs> like, they'll just yell. Like, this, I was by the student section, so maybe that's why it was a little bit louder. Uh-huh. But I was like, oh my gosh. And like, everyone in the stadium there, like, it's like kind of like how Corvallis is. Like, if you're at the game, you probably went to Oregon State. You're a diehard man. Yes. You went there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, Everyone that goes to Texas A&M, they get their Aggie rings, right? And they're big oh, uh-huh. pieces of metal. Yeah. And so they will, like, pound on the bleachers, like, on the metal bleachers <laughs> with their hand. And so their brain bangs against it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Is there an earthquake? Yeesh. It's shaking. And it's loud. But, yeah. So a great hear. atmosphere. A great atmosphere for sure. Fun. Okay. Staying with a Texas team. Number nine, Texas, went to East Carolina, the eighth seed. And Friday, East Carolina was coming in looking to take the series and go to Omaha for their first time ever in program history. Texas started the game quickly putting up two runs in the first, but ECU answered right back with three runs in the bottom of the first, then added another three in the fourth. So down seven to two, Texas tried to start a little comeback. They put up two runs in the sixth, one in the seventh, and two more in the eighth. But the Pirates put up a run in the seventh as well, and uh, five more in the eighth, which gave ECU a 13-7 win. Pete Hansen took the loss for the Longhorns, and C.J. Mayhew got the win for East Carolina. Zach Agnos got the save. I love Zach Agnos. I'll mention him again later. He's like <laughs> my MVP I love of the year. Him. <laughs> um, I was watching this, and I was unsure how to feel in this series. Did you have someone you were rooting for wanting to win all the bets? It was so funny. In this series, I felt so impartial. But while I was watching, I found myself, like, not mad that East Carolina was winning. Mm-hmm. I feel like East Carolina, I think they were in our top 25 a couple times, maybe a few more, um, throughout the season. And so, I mean, we yeah. all we, we know that they're a good program. But Texas also was our OG number one team. So it was weird mm-hmm. to see, like, where East Carolina has come to at this point of the season and same with Texas. So it was really weird. I mean, obviously, they were also the eight and nine team. So it was going to be, like, a very competitive um, series. So I just kind of find my, found myself, like, impartial but kind of, like, excited for each day. I was, like, excited for East Carolina and their win. Yeah, I was excited for East Carolina just because, like, 
they're really looking to go to Omaha for the first time. Absolutely. And I'm always like a big horns down girl. I'm like, yes, go A&M, go Texas <laughs> State, even go Oklahoma right now. So I've been yeah. really riding. But uh, we do have is a big UT fan and recently had open heart surgery. So my heart is trying to cheer for his heart yes. right now. And so I've been kind of like, okay, go UT. I'm like, okay, um, I'll do a little which bit. Which is weird. Which is <laughs> <laughs> um, But Saturday, Texas took game two to tie up the series. Once again, Texas put up two runs in the first to take an early lead. Come the fifth, ECU took the lead and was up six to two. After another pirate run in the seventh, and some UT rallies in the 7th and 8th. We went into the ninth with UT up 8-7. to seven. So a quick little jump change from UT. Jacob Starling homered for ECU in the top of the ninth to tie up the game. But in the bottom of the ninth, the Hispanic Titanic, Ivan Melendez, scored the winning run for Texas off a of Dylan Campbell single down the right field line. So Texas took game two to force a game three. Yes. Yeah. I was excited um, to keep no it alive. Sports. And yeah, no to see what they would do game three. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those are just, I mean, Ivan Melendez, Dylan Campbell, of course, those are people that came in clutch. They've been clutch. Exactly. All yeah. freaking year. Um, so Sunday, it was a winner take all game. Texas got up early again, but this time with four runs in the first and then five more in the fifth. With UT up 10 to 1 in the seventh, Zach Agnes, my guy, came in to pitch for ECU again. He's the short, the starting shortstop for the Pirates, but like we said last week, he will come into close on occasion, and he's doing so very effectively. Opponents were hitting uh, .077 against him going into this game. Um, I just feel like I really like him because, not because he's so good or whatever, he's just so happy to be there, and he really brings joy to playing, and you mm -hmm. can just tell he's having fun and enjoying life, and it just reminds it's a good reminder, I think, to fans and to probably his team that this is a game. Like, it yeah. it can be your whole life, but at this point, it's college baseball. And some people, it's going to be their last baseball game ever. So just yeah. enjoy it and have fun. And so for me, I was like, wow, they're down 10 to 1 and he's still sitting here smiling and having that. fun. And so for me, I was like, that's just such a good reminder that this is college baseball. And yes, you don't need absolutely. to freak out. Um, Absolutely. But anyway, yeah, UT ended up winning 11-1. to Also, noticed here, no dog pile from UT to finish it, and I just feel like that's some good luck, good energy going into Omaha. If you haven't dogpiled yet, you're really going to want that last one. Exactly. At the end. I think, so. like I said, 8-9 and nine team, this was a great series between two pretty evenly matched teams, and I think they both showed that. I am excited for Texas, though. Just like I said, they were our OG number one team. You know, they had high hopes going into the season, so I'm just glad they've made it to Omaha. We'll see what they can do there. And I did look up Zach Agnos, and I'm right there with you. I feel like he's just, like, a very, like, smiley guy, happy guy yeah. on the yeah. field. Love it. He really Love the is, and it's just – I feel like it's just probably was so great for the team this year, good energy to have and be feeding off of. Yeah. Um also shocking how like they pulled him into pitch from shortstop and then they're like okay we're gonna give him a little bit of time to warm up and then two minute commercial break and then there he is pitching i'm like whoa okay so odd yeah you're ready you're here all right you're ready you. you're doing it <laughs> so he's something good for him but yeah yeah all right 
Moving on, number 10, North Carolina hosted Arkansas. This series started on Saturday. Saturday, Arkansas took the first game 4-1. to one. Connor Nolan went six and two-thirds for the Hogs, not allowing any runs. Offensively, the Razorbacks had a rally in the fifth inning. Peyton Stovall, a freshman, hit a home run to get them on the board first, and they scored three runs in the fifth and one later in the seventh to really take that game. So that game was kind of all Arkansas. Yeah, Actually, the whole whole weekend was all Arkansas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, I mean, Arkansas is another team like Notre Dame. They've just been, like, really hot right now. They've been in our top 25 pretty much all year, but kind of have fallen toward the middle of the pack after both being ranked pretty high at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And now they're, like, right back at it. They're definitely peaking. And there's always something to say about that. And sometimes it even worries me, like, when the Beavs are up in the top five and stuff like that. It's, I mean, Mm -hmm. not that, like, if you're a good team, you should be able to show out. Like, I totally understand that, too. But there's something to say about those teams that kind of just, like, linger throughout the top 25. And then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. they peak when it's time and it works yeah so they get hot when they're supposed to so yeah they do yeah it definitely worked because sunday arkansas took the second game to go to omaha with a four to three win will mcintyre started the game for arkansas but the razorbacks used six pitchers to help them get the win including an appearance from hagan smith who's someone else we've talked about has been pitching a lot for arkansas doing really well this year arkansas did score a run in the fourth, in a second and a fifth to put them up 2-0. to zero. The Tar Heels came back to match it in the seventh and tie the game at 2-2. Two to two. In the ninth, North Carolina added another run to take a 3-2 to two lead. But Arkansas is kind of like Stanford. They're just not giving up, and they'll score in the bottom of the ninth to be like, nope, you're elite. You're, it doesn't matter. And that's what they did. They added two more runs to walk it off in the bottom of the ninth, and they are going back to Omaha yet again. Love to see it. And um, I hate that I didn't really pay attention through these COVID years of Omaha. So we didn't have a College World Series in what, 2020? 2020, yeah. 2020. Um, but then we did have one last year. Yes, we did. And has Arkansas been back since the Beavs beat them? Yeah, I think they went back they last have. year. That's what I thought too. So we'll see though. Anytime I just feel like after if I were if I were them after the way that the Beavs beat them, yeah, they're just they're itching for a college world series. So Yeah. They they we'll are wanting it. it. They're wanting sure. it bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last super regional of the super regionals was the Mississippi regional. It was Southern Mississippi hosting Ole Miss. And Saturday, Ole Miss completely shut down Southern Miss with a 10-0 win. <laughs> they just yeah. got it. Obviously, a very offensive day for Ole Miss, uh, along with great pitching from Dylan DeLucia, holding Southern Miss to four hits while Ole Miss had 10 runs. So they were offensive. Surprisingly in this, I was like, oh, 10 runs. How many of these were home runs? Uh, there was not a single home run in this first game. So just wow. lots of small ball, lots of singles, lots of doubles. Tim Elko did lead the Rebels with three RBI, so no surprise there. We know Tim Elko is crazy. Yes. So, yeah. 
And then on Sunday, Ole Miss shut out Southern Miss again, this time with a 5-0 to zero win. Southern Miss did not score a single run in their Super Regional that they hosted. So that's kind of depressing, Southern Miss. A little bit, I yeah. Would be a little, a little so bit. devastated if I was a, like, I just, I'm not in a mean way at all. I'm just putting myself in the shoes. If I was in Corvallis and Oregon State got shut out two days in a row, I would be like, oh, daggers yeah. to the heart. Literally. Um, but in the second game, Southern Miss was held to just three hits. Ole Miss had 10 hits for the second day in a row. Justin Bench, who played center field and third base for the Rebels in this game, was three for five on the day with a run. Jacob Gonzalez, the Ole Miss shortstop, and Hayden Dunhurst, the catcher, each went two for four with a run. And TJ McCants had the only home run of the series in the eighth inning, which did make it the 5-0 game. So Ole Miss nice. is returning to Omaha for their first time since 2014. I love to see it, and this is another team that's just peaking at the right time. Ole Miss was uh-huh. kind of just like in and out, doing their thing. Southern Miss was a team that we're a little bit iffy about, but they obviously made it to the Supers. But they're not going to Omaha. Ole Miss is, so. Yeah. I mean, is. this is who – I mean, we'll get to it later, but this is when I was watching just because it's who the Beavs would have played. Yeah. And I was like, wow, if Ole Miss looks this good, I don't want to play them. No. Seriously. So. <laughs> but now we're going to Omaha. Yes. Omaha. So uh, game one will be on Friday. And this one's going to be, oh, it's Texas A&M versus Oklahoma. Oh, Friday at 2 Eastern time on ESPN. A&M hasn't lost a series since April 4th. Oklahoma hasn't since April 10th. Um, both I will say something that really stood out to me this weekend is A&M really struggles when other people like get on base. I know that sounds like so duh, but <laughs> duh. But like they cannot field a ground ball what feels like for the life of them they cannot turn to to feel like like someone would get on first base and there'd be an out and i'd be like oh perfect let's just turn two here nice little yeah. double play get out of the inning no like i was like the stress is high they can't do it they're 169th in the nation in fielding percentage they're just really rough kind of in the field yeah. compared to other teams um i don't know if it's something like I was spoiled to see after watching the Beavs because I was like, the Beavs are sixth in the nation and A&M's yeah. 169th in the nation. And Oregon State has always had really, really good infields. Yeah. I mean, blessed with like the Caden Grenier, Nick Madrigal middle infield for so long. So yeah. that was a little bit shocking. So when people get on base for Oklahoma, like that can be rough for A&M. So something to think about and watch. Yeah. But... Yeah, both teams here started out pretty slow, looking hot now, so that's fun. A&M was the first SEC team to punch their ticket to Omaha, and there are four SEC teams in Omaha now, and they all come from the SEC West, so that's craziness. That just shows how, like, strong that division is. And so when we were seeing all those teams, like Arkansas, Ole Miss, like kind of beat up on each other, I'm like not surprised now. I'm like, well, they're all teams. They're all in Omaha. (laughs) Very true. Right? I was like, wow. I don't know. I don't know. 
Um, and then keeping with Texas, Texas plays Notre Dame Friday at 7 Eastern time on ESPN game two in Omaha. Notre Dame obviously is just looking so amazing right now, kind of like we said, starting as a three seed in the regional and then taking down the number one national seed. So that's awesome. And then for Texas, I mean, when losing game one, 80% of the time you do not end up going to Omaha. So for them to be able to do that and battle through that makes me have confidence in them, especially if they, even if they lose this first game against Notre Dame, I think they're a team that could make their way through the loser's bracket after seeing that. Yeah. So I don't know. And this is their 38th trip to Omaha. Like that's insane. My Atlanta. It's like by far the most of anyone <laughs> ever. So insane. And honestly, yeah, all of these teams at this point, I'm like, I don't even know who I'm rooting for. They're all, you know, I know. great. But this Notre Dame-Texas game, I'm excited to, to see that matchup. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, on the other side of the bracket, we have Stanford and Arkansas playing Saturday at 2 Eastern time on ESPN for Game 3. Like we kind of said, Arkansas just kind of died off at the end of the season, dropping some big series. But the postseason has been completely different for them. So they went into Stillwater, very clearly looked like the best team in that regional. They also handled UNC with ease. So they're looking good. They're feeling good going into Omaha. I feel confident in Arkansas. Now, on the other side, Stanford, Pac-12, got to respect that. Uh, mm -hmm. Good program. Clearly have been looking really good recently. Um, their two series that they've won. But I don't know. I just don't know if they have a minute. They, I just, I I'm not sure, you know? I could see them going into the loser's bracket. Just because they yeah. did lose that first game against Texas State and lost that first game against UConn. So yeah. I'm like, ooh. Like, maybe this is... Yeah, and I mean, they obviously that. showed out for the conference tournament and won that, mm -hmm. but, like, they dropped a few series during their regular season, too. So, I, I think they're a good team, like we said, but just I don't know their consistency and what they're going to look like in Omaha. So, I think that they, them playing a SEC team with Arkansas is going to be such a good matchup for them because the way they play yeah. reminds me a little bit more of, like, SEC baseball than Pac-12 baseball. So, mm -hmm. I think this is going to be a very good competition for Stanford. Yes. I'm really excited. I'm real excited. <laughs> so. Yes. It'll be yeah. fun. It'll be good to watch. <clears throat> um, game four on Saturday, Ole Miss in Auburn, 7 p.m. Eastern time, ESPN2. Ole Miss started the year high up in the rankings, even spent a little time at number one. Quickly fell out, though, even dropped out of the top 25. Like we said, they really were like – so spotty <laughs> in and out <laughs> um they but they didn't make a regional no seriously that's what i'm saying i really <laughs> if you would have asked me a few weeks ago if ole miss would be going to omaha i probably would have put my vote <laughs> as no but they're Same. here and they're obviously playing well now so we'll see how they're going to play um they're starting to look like a number one team in the postseason um they looked really good obviously against southern miss no runs mm -hmm from Southern yeah. Miss, so, and they're going to be playing Auburn, so Auburn, like we just said, played Oregon State this last weekend, tough series, they looked good, um, at the end of the day, though, they have Sonny, Sonny Deshara, and he seems to show out for the most part every game, so, I don't know, yeah. at this point, 
Auburn. We'll see what happens. I, like, can't decide if I want to be that person that, like, roots for them since they beat the Beavs or if I'm kind of, like, eh, not super interested. I don't know. I feel like I kind of liked Auburn throughout the season and we would talk about them and I'd be excited when they were up in our <laughs> top 25. And now I'm like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel you. I feel yeah. you. Well, yeah. I yeah. honestly hope that Arkansas, like, because, you know, that's kind of how I feel about Stanford. So I'm yeah. kind of like, I hope Arkansas beats the shit out of Stanford. But if they don't, <laughs> then I'm like, okay, Stanford, you beat Texas State, you might as well win exactly. it all. Exactly. There <laughs> we go. I like that mindset. I agree. Yeah, we'll see. But we'll yeah, see, it'll everybody. Be yeah, we'll touch um, base with y'all um, Sunday, Monday, whenever all these games are finished for weekend one. Yes, we will be probably recording much more frequently during Omaha just because games are happening all the time and teams are getting eliminated. So stay yes. tuned. Absolutely. Peace out. Stay tuned.